fellow that uh, sits up here with me to remind me next year of Pastor Appreciation Month. And so if somebody will remind him, <laughs> then he can remind me. Amen. It's good to be here this morning. I, I know like uh, so many of you, you've lost a good friend in the last few weeks. And, and I have lost two really good friends. One who prayed for me all the time and then one uh, who was an important part of my life and uh, especially in disaster relief but beyond that and um, so I uh, just really was felt led to talk about the brevity of this life mm -hmm. I, I just couldn't avoid it uh, because it was, it was so much in front of me so if you want to open your Bibles this morning turn with me to the book of James uh, mm -hmm. chapter 4 and uh, we're going to pick up with verse 13. We're also going to look at Luke chapter 12, so just relax for a moment. I'll give you both of those in a moment. And we're going to talk about this morning, the title is, The Brevity of This Life, Redeem the Time. Uh, the Brevity of This Life, Redeem the Time. I hope it's not discouraging to you to think about how brief life is. I hope it's more encouraging to you to realize that the time that you have here on earth is important. Now, of course, if you're younger, you're going to think this is probably for older people to hear about. But... I must remind you of something that whether you believe me or not, you probably don't if you're young. That life will pass you by really fast. Yeah. Really fast. 26 years ago in June, I came as pastor of this church. And those years have, have been great years they have gone by quickly. And so for me at uh, 61 to think that uh, most of my life is behind me on earth, right? I think that's a fair assumption. Now Methuselah did live to be 969 years old. But I'm not under any illusion that that's going to happen for me. If I, <laughs> that is going to be 908 more pastor appreciations. I won't be here for most of them. <laughs> Nor will I. And, and so I just have to, as we get to this, because the Bible never lies to us. Sure. That what I want you to do today is I want you to think about A, you don't have one more day promised, but B, if you do live 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, if you're not careful, they will just disappear and you'll have no idea what happened to them. 
But if you're like uh, my brother who went to be with the Lord Friday morning, when you go, there'll be a huge hole in the kingdom of God that will have to be filled by someone. Mm -hmm. If it is not, then what we've been doing, at least in disaster relief, will not continue. Now, I, I run into people all the time that say things like this. Well, if it was meant to be, it will continue. I don't agree at all. In fact, I know it's meant to be. But things that are meant to be don't always continue. So that's my way of saying that we ought to think about today the brevity of this life. Redeem the time. Because if you're young, you think somebody who's 90 years old, and you're thinking is old, right? 90 years old, that's an old person. That's an old person. That person who's 90 can tell you stories about when they were riding a bicycle, or they were in elementary school, or they may even use the word grade school, or they may talk about something in their life as fresh as if it just happened. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because wouldn't you agree with me that when I tell a story about riding a bicycle that it seems to me like yesterday? Mm -hmm. That we put a door on a concrete block with a 20-inch swing and we were stupid enough to believe that we could hit that door, go up in the air, and land on the ground and not one of us would be injured. <laughs> Just yesterday, right? So, redeem the time. Redeem the time. Don't... If you've been wasting time, don't waste anymore. If you haven't been wasting time, that's good. And put God first in your life. Before I read this scripture, how did I know that uh, one month ago, when I was 20 feet from my friend in a gymnasium, and there were 75 men in that gym or so, 75 or so, that were asleep in that gym some of the time, that my friend only had a few weeks to live. There wasn't anything wrong with him. He was out there handling a chainsaw. He was working with us. In fact, he he got into a hornet's nest and got stung. It may have not been a hornet's nest, but it was could have been yellow jackets. But anyway, he got stung really badly. He stayed in the truck for a few minutes and then he got out and come back to work with us. And I asked him how he was doing. Okay. The next day I asked him again, how's he doing? He said, well, I'm itching today, but I'm okay. And I have on my phone, I brought my phone out here with me because I have a text from him two weeks ago on Sunday. And the text was, I'm at the hospital. I was having trouble breathing. It's not a good day. I'm taking oxygen. On Monday, I text him, how you doing, brother? No reply. That was the last text that Sunday. Because he was in a coma on Monday. Mm -hmm. 
You don't think that could happen, do you, do you? You would be foolish to think that. Could happen to any of us in this room, all right? Yeah. All right, James chapter 4, verse 13. You like a phrase that says, come on now? Literally, that's what it means. Come on now. Come on now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town. In fact, I told somebody tomorrow, I'm going to cut wood if I have time. It's getting cold and I need to put away some firewood. So tomorrow I'm going to do that, right? Today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade, make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. My mother had a saying when we were kids, and she still brings it forth occasionally. You put your shoes on in the morning, you don't know who will take them off. What is your life? How many of you saw a fog where you lived this morning when you went outside? It's gone now. I think it's gone. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you really ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. In fact, he doesn't mention if, or if the creek rises here. Just, you've heard that, right? As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So that's where redeem the time comes from. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 13. And it says that this is the parable of the rich fool, but it's just the parable of a fool, really. It doesn't have to. You don't have to be rich to be foolish. Right? This is just a fool. And how is a fool characterized? Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you. And he said to them, Take care and be on guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of of his possessions. Well, we all need to hear that. And he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and I will build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. That's a reminder, is it not? 
a reminder. First, let me suggest to you that life is brief even when it seems long. <clears throat> Most of you have had a year or a day or a month or several months that you wanted to pass. Mm -hmm. And you wanted those to pass quickly. I remember when I discovered I was at halftime of my experience at Union University, which, which meant I was in the summer of after my sophomore year. And I now realize that I had two more years to go. I was just at halftime. I wanted to really quit. After all of this, I'm just at halftime. And then my senior year came, and I wanted my senior year to pass quickly so that I could graduate and get on with my life. I discovered a pattern in my thinking, and that is when I got to seminary, I wanted my third year, which was my last year, to pass quickly so that I could graduate and get on with my life. The pattern was that I was always wanting to go somewhere other than where I was. So therefore, I had to remind myself that I need to celebrate the moment that I'm in rather than spending all my time thinking about being somewhere else. Amen. And if we're not careful, that's what we will do. We want to get married. We may even want to have kids. Then we may want our kids to grow up. Then we may want our kids to be kids again. Some people want their kids to move out of the basement. <laughs> then they want them to move back in. I remember somebody saying once, there's a, there's a healthy tension that develops in the later years, teen years of your child's life so that you finally get so sick and tired of each other that you want one of them to leave. The, the teenager wants the parents to leave. The parents want the teenager to leave. Whatever the case may be. And if they don't, they begin to like each other again and they never leave. <laughs> but life is brief when it seems long. It really is. It's a blur. It's a blur. Second thing, man is graced not to live too long in this condition that he's in. I mean... James says that life appears for a little while and then it disappears. It, it vanishes away. And as difficult as death can be, it is really a grace. It is really a grace because God does not want man to live in the condition he's in too long. The third thing is is when we think of this matter of life and death, there are eternal implications to seemingly insignificant decisions. I, uh, I, I come back to my friend. How did he... He didn't know. He didn't know. But if you're going to go, and you are going to go, right? Yes. Is that, is that right? Uh, you're you're going to go. I hope so. So... How, he didn't know 
that when he was out there raking leaves, helping people that he didn't know, that he just met, that he was about to meet God face to face. I think of Scripture that says that the hour you think not, the Master cometh. Now, if we could have went to Him, and we, we, we wouldn't want that to happen, but if we could have went to Him and said, no, by the way, you only have four weeks to live. You ought to be about the Master's business. Why? Why couldn't we have done that? Because we didn't know. But secondly, why? Because he was about the master's business, you see. See, this is a point, if we're not careful, we have in our heads somehow that we're going to be given a two-minute warning like in football, and we're going to be told we got two minutes to go and we're going to get it all straightened out and then we're going to meet the Lord. That's not the way it's going to work. Their eternal implications of seemingly insignificant decisions. And therefore, he was preparing for Friday <coughs> that week we were in Louisiana. When he picked that chainsaw up and did what the Lord wanted him to do to help people who were suffering to alleviate their suffering somehow. Though he had never met them, he was doing what Jesus had called him to do. Therefore, he was making preparation for Friday. And that's the way we have to live. That's the way we have to live. Number four, misplaced priorities. Did you notice this fool? He's referred to as the rich fool, but did you notice this fool? He had misplaced priorities. What was he thinking? He was thinking like most folks that he gets to stay down here forever. And so he builds one bar and he builds another and he builds another and he builds another and he builds another. Now you can't really tell it where I live, but I've been trying to downsize. Bless, bless my mother's heart. I told her one day, I said, Mama, you did it the right way. I said, you didn't do a thing in here and you left that for your kids to do. <laughs> and now you're unable to do anything in here. Well, she didn't probably appreciate me saying it that way and it's probably a little bit strong, but, but, but I've been trying to downsize a little bit because I realize now because I have my mother's situation, my sister and I do, that I don't want to leave my kids with that same situation that they've got to figure all that out. But he had misplaced priorities to build a barn. So the other day I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to give me one of these storage containers. You, you've seen those, haven't you? They, you can get a, a storage container like they carry on the back of an 18-wheeler. You get two of them. And then the thought occurred to me, don't do that. Because if you do, you will fill it full of stuff. His priorities were misplaced. It is, you know, I mean, if you got a lot of stuff, you got to build another barn, right? He could have gave it away, couldn't he? Well, no, we can't do that. Or he could have tried to bless folks with it, but no, he didn't bless folks with that. He didn't, he didn't do that. 
can't do that at all. Can't do that. His priorities were so out of focus. You know, we, we have some things we love that are good things. Our families, our, our uh, health perhaps, uh, um, our job, uh, at least in the sense that we need it in order to produce an income, and those kinds of things. But those, those really can capture our hearts and take us away from God. And I have to constantly ask myself and let God pierce my heart about what are my priorities? What are they? And number five, there's something that this man, this fool didn't know. He didn't know it was all over. He didn't know it was all over. Nor will we until it is. He was the one, uh, this gentleman I speak of, I haven't called him by name because obviously this goes out. And there's three people that watch it. And uh, but this goes out. I try not to try not to use names, but um He's the one that made sure that I got the Bible. Well, let me back up. You remember that? Remember that word after I went to Mexico Beach in Florida that I brought back a Bible? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you remember, you remember the house had been destroyed, but there was the family Bible just sitting there. And I said, well, can I preach out of that to the, to the gentleman whose mom and dad were in the hospital? He was there. I said, can I, can I take that and preach out of that? I said, I'll send it right back to you. He said, yes, please do. And so I brought it here, remember? Mm -hmm. Preached out of it. And then I gave it to the person who just passed away, our leader in disaster relief. He took it back and gave it to them. And they said, no, no, we want him to have it. So he brought it back and gave it to me. And I have it in my office. Okay, so he made sure. He made sure of that. Well, you know, I think you get what I'm trying to say today. Redeem the time. You don't have any assurance. Don't waste your life. What is it? Life is short. Play hard. Pray hard. Is that going to be it? Is that going to be it? He that uh, accumulates the most toys wins. Mm -hmm. Is that going to be it? Is that going to be it? Or is it going to be that when you stand before God, God could say, you're the one that I called to go out and rake those leaves that day. And you said yes. You could have said no because, you know what? The cows didn't need milking. But you said yes. You put me first. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter now into the place 
that I have prepared for you. The choice is yours. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. We all have this time, but we don't know about that time. But we have this time. Lord, help us to live making you the priority of our lives. The kingdom's work first. And then all these things will be added. We pray this in Jesus' name.